Hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My Hello. Name. Yeah. Hello. Well, okay. Uh, my name is Nick Argyris, and this week I'm looking for a book, a book about learning new skills to That's help fair. me. It's a good topic. Nick, I'm sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> it's okay, Joe. I Nick, go. do you think you have anyone to help you with this? Yeah, I do. Thank you, Ian. Um, You're you welcome. guys it's are both so segue. helpful. Um, and to help me with this segue are two high school English teachers. Ian and Joe. Ian and Joe. Ian and Joe. <laughs> Hi, Nick. I'm Joe Holshue. It's nice to be here today. And if you are looking for a book about learning new skills, Nick, I have a book that is literally about learning new skills. And I want it, and I want to say that. Because if you want a I book that like meets the Ian's... basic requirements of this week, I've got a book that wow. meets the basic requirements. Joe, way to go above and beyond once again. What? Well, don't be impressed yet. Be impressed yep. after you hear about Ian's BS book that he's bringing that he's going to like try to like huh. frame in a way that it's about like, oh, well, it's about learning new skills if you look at it through a certain lens. Um, Nick, my book is called Atomic Habits. It is literally about how to learn new things in your life. Yeah. James Clear, 2019. All Five right, million cool. copies sold. Wow. A lot of copies sold. How long did your book, how long was your book number one on the New York Times bestseller list? Uh, oh, like 80, 80 weeks. It was not. It was not. <laughs> okay. You can't just blatantly lie to people here, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> For a while. I we can't even get through the introduction. One. We can't add lying to it as well. <laughs> Hello, my name is Dr. Ian DeYoung. Mm. I am a high school English teacher and a very, very helpful boy. And today, if you're looking for a book about learning new skills, um, I have a novel which is all about a person who learns new skills and stuff. And it's called Where the Crawdads Sing, and it in itself is a new skill. Well, yeah. well, wait. Well, wait, just, wait, wait. No, okay, maybe you wait, Joe, until you hear the, <laughs> the, the inspiring story of the author who learned a new skill and wrote a New York Times bestseller on her first try. May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs> I feel like Joe came to talk trash today. No, Joe I was, just, I, I, Joe was I, wearing his aggressive shoes. What you're not gonna you're not gonna stand up for your your trash talking, Joe? I'm wearing my aggressive slippers, and I asked my <laughs> wife if "Where the Crawdad Sings" is about learning new skills, and she thinks it's BS too. She has read the book. I have not, but I that won't stop me from um, speaking confidently. As uh, your honor, I'd like that stricken from the record as hearsay. Yeah, I, I I am going to not allow. Um, uh, our better halves to uh, <laughs> dictate what happens on this podcast. Although I do appreciate it, Joe, and I also appreciate my wife saying that she deserves all credit for this podcast uh, last week. But um, oh I think we're just gonna have to move forward. So, what's a crawdad? Uh, hey, we're gonna <laughs> we are gonna get into it. Um, it it's um, later. Oh, it's, yeah. Okay. This is my little, hear about I mean, that later. There's a lot going into this book, and I can talk oh, to you about man. it at some point. But um, I can only imagine crawdads are crawdads have nothing to do with fatherhood. I'll just say that. Ian, how long was your book on the Times top Times 
best list? Ah, uh, years, multiple years. Wait, it's multiple I, it, years. One hundred and twenty-four. How many weeks are in a year? That's uh, it's more it's, than eighty. As of January twenty nineteen, it was one hundred and twenty. January, sorry, January twenty twenty-one. It was one hundred and twenty-four weeks. Oh wow, <laughs> that's that's pretty. That's <laughs> quite that's a long impressive. Time. There, uh, not to endorse these third-party accolades, um, you know, because we all you know find books that we love uh, for our own reasons, but. Um, it's pretty That's impressive there, time. Joe. What do you think about that? Yeah, um, I do have some updated numbers on James Clear here. Um, uh, wait, I don't. I have no updated numbers on it James Clear. It was actually Clear. removed right. from the New York Times bestseller list because it was so silly. <laughs> no, that's not it. Keep My us updated, My book was written Joe. in 2019, and as of September 2021, it is still number one on the business bestseller <laughs> list for the New oh, York Times. Okay. So, business. Is this a business book? Yeah, well, Should you have brought this for business week? Joe, Joe, uh, <laughs> Joe are you wearing a, a three-piece week? Armani suit right now? What I always wear a three-piece Armani suit uh, to record. What, what are you uh, guys wearing? And Nick, what you are guys- you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> um, are we going to... I have a question because I'm getting a little concerned about these book selections here. Uh, now, am I going to learn new skills or am I going to learn how to learn new skills? <laughs> <laughs> Nick- is this theory or is this practice? Mine is strategy. (laughs) (laughs) Elusive. I mean, I I have two answers. One is BS and one is serious. So the BS answer is my book is inspiration on learning new skills. The serious answer is the true answer is no, this is not a how to guide for making crawdads (laughs) sing. This is well, I learned how to make a birdhouse. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a technical manual, how to assemble uh, an Ikea furniture. Right. Um, Nick, Nick just wants his Boy Scout badges. He's like, will I learn how to build a fire? Will I learn how to pitch a tent? Will I learn how to raft the rapids? A crawdad is a bird, correct? That is a type of bird? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I, think, I can't wait for the big reveal when you discover what a crawdad is. It's going to mess you up. I think we're all excited to, to hear what that crawdad is. Um, I think there's a chance a lot of us know. <laughs> this is the kind of quality preparation I do for this for this for this podcast. Research what is a crawdad, then keep you guys in tantalized suspense. <laughs> uh, well, welcome, litheads, to uh, you don't know lit uh, weekly, or as we call strongly podcast. Strongly where podcast. every week we pick a genre, and uh, uh, our two lovely high school English teachers here uh, bring it, quote unquote, bring it. I think we should say bring them. If we're going to be grammatically correct, grammatically and anatomically correct, we don't bring it unless it's a cop-out episode. It refers to a single thing, whereas <laughs> right. we do bring oh, them. And by, by them, I mean the two books. Right. Well, this show really falls apart if we start including like things like grammar corrections. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's what the Lidheads are here for. You guys, I just had a brilliant yeah. idea. What if some... So, oh, Nick, boy. you've cut your teeth on bringing a book. What if sometime we brought three books? Jesus Christ. No, it's just it's too many books. <laughs> Two is too many books. It's a book <laughs> podcast, Nick. Mm, you're not wrong. Uh, grammar is not a rule on this show, but we do have some to keep us on track. All right? All right. You ready? All right. You ready? Maybe, maybe one more time. Because these are important, okay? Rule number one is only unavoidable spoilers today, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. gentlemen. Um, rule number two is omit needless words, Joe. Okay. Omit needless words. And rule and number I, I'm three. I'm also going to go ahead and omit needless words. So, yeah, internalize that shit. Uh, rule number three, <laughs> uh, just to keep us focused here on the prize, uh, winning isn't the only. Wait. <laughs> yes, no. Nick, what is the real number three? 
Hold on, let Tell me us. Google it. <laughs> Winning isn't everything. It's the only thing, Vince Lombardi. Oh, Vince man. Lombardi. Yeah, that and, one. Um, of course. Shadow rules. You guys are ready. I've trained you to, to want them now. Um, folks, yeah, yeah, as you know, as you know, we have the same shadow rules uh, and we always sing them together and they go a little something like this. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. That's our shadow rules in song. That's good. Thank you. Sounded like a crawdad. Um, <laughs> Fun fact, uh, that is the song of the crawdad. Boy. <laughs> Joe, I, I need to find out what a crawdad is. So, uh, Joe, can you please uh, take 30 seconds to tell me about your book so I can um, pick Ian's book to go first? Absolutely. Okay, Nick, great. Hurry up. you <laughs> need to get your life together. The boozing, the needle drugs, the prostitutes, the late night binging. Nick, you're on a path oh, that only leads to destruction. Wow. Luckily... I have a book that's going to sort that all out. Um, Atomic Habits, like 88-week bestseller by James Clear. I think it's longer than that. Like 188-week bestseller by James Clear. We'll have um, that updates throughout pro- the episode. Productivity <laughs> Guru offers one simple truth. Willpower is not a solution. Instead, real change happens when we make tiny but powerful changes in our everyday lives. Nick, this is that's a how-to enough, that's guide. Uh, so uh, that was good. So, Ian, why don't you go now? <laughs> Deep. In a North Carolina coastal marsh, a young girl learns to live in harmony with nature. It's not that simple, of course. There are predators and diseases and crawdads and countless other risks of growing up alone. Can humanity exist outside a social environment? How do you cook grits? Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens addresses these and plenty of other questions. Published 2018, 368 pages. Like, I like, um... I like what you just said. I don't, it doesn't sound like it's uh, appropriate for the theme, but I am interested. Mm. I do. I I kind of have a question about grits. Cause like if Nick doesn't know what crawdads are, I don't know what grits are. And I've had grits. Like when people give you grits, I still don't know what they are. Grits. Grits. Is this a cookbook? Grits. It's not a cookbook. No, though there are some little cooking lessons. Grits are just grits are just um boiled up corn pieces. Little piney ground corns. Yeah. <laughs> it's corn sand, basically. <laughs> corn sand. Which <laughs> grits are grits are an amazing food because you have to eat them at like there's a three minute window when they're good. They're too hot, they're too oh. hot, they're too hot. And then there's this beautiful three minute window where they're not too hot, uh, but they're also not congealed. Yeah. And if you miss that window, yeah. they turn into basically corn cement. So here's the deal. Um, if you live near a river, uh, do, do either of you live near yes. a river or a lake? Do you need me to go by a river right now? <laughs> Should I? Just, do you need me to go to a river? Just fish your hand in amongst Nick, some rocks. Nick reported no. you on location from a river. No, um, uh, there are these little tiny lobster dudes that hang out in rivers. Crawfish or craw, crayfish, <laughs> you call them. Um, but in certain mm, parts crayfish. of the South and kind of like Appalachia, West of Appalachia, sort of, um, they're referred to not as crawfish or crayfish, but as crawdads. And I did some research on this and the research I found on where crawdad, like where that came from, I don't know. I can't find it. The internet <laughs> is not helping me. I don't understand the move from fish to dad. Like that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like. Are the really big crawfish called Maybe crawdaddies? It's an accent. Crawdad. I don't know. I don't know. 
It's really complicated, you know, like, but the, 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 the hilarious oh, thing is that I th- you, you solved my I, internet I problem. I Go ahead. This. Well, no, I, I think I, I, I did almost solve it, but just through a personal anecdote, when I walk <laughs> at night and I see toads Holy this God. time of year, yeah. sometimes I call them toads, but sometimes you see like the great big fat toad and I call those mama jamas. Right. So like there's toads and then there's the big mama jamas. And I think it's the same thing. I think he's right, Ian. Um, so it's like sometimes when good? I when I go for a walk, I see dogs and I just call those dogs. But sometimes I see a really big dog and I call them dog daddies. And so what's, maybe that's it, Ian. Once again, I think solved we got the it. mystery of etymology through personal wildlife experience. <laughs> Wow. Or uh, if I see a cat, yeah, those are cat daddies. <laughs> no, we don't need the rule of three for this one. Um, the funny thing about this title, or the weird thing, is that crawdads live under the water. They live in a river or on, like in some moist earth, so they don't really yeah. sing. Um, there's a quote. She, yeah, what's she, going on? What, what are the no. acoustics like down there? I've seen Little yeah, Mermaid. It's like, it's like, 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 the little like that. Or, she has said about this, and she, this, this sentiment, this is, uh, the quote I'm going to read is from uh, an interview where someone asked her about this. It shows up again in the story, but uh, I like her her quote better. The quote goes, I learned from a book that crawdads don't really sing. But I learned from my mother that if you go far enough into the wilderness by yourself and there's nothing but you and nature, you will hear the crawdads sing. So where the crawdads sing in this sort of folk tale, folk history mindset is far enough out are you getting poetic yeah it is far, far are enough we about out to learn something secretly <laughs> through the lens of a fake animal uh not really I, not really okay. i that's it's not so much about like you just need to like the skill you'll learn is driving until there's no more road it's not that's not what's going on yeah i think i think we probably made enough crawdad jokes so ian what's your book about okay <laughs> Um, so, so I will tell you about, I really want to talk to you about this, about the sort of background of this book. Cause it's really fascinating, but I think first I'll, I'll satisfy that, that urge, um, that itch and I'll tell you, I'll scratch that itch and I'll tell you what this book to is tell about. Tell us about the book. Yeah. yeah. Basically yeah. there are two parts. To Literally everybody's itch right now. <laughs> two parts to this book. It is, it is a novel. It is fictional. Um, and these two parts kind of gradually, they start off pretty separate, but gradually they grow together. This is a classic novel thing where you have two timelines and it turns out they're connected. Um, so the first part is about uh, a, a young woman, a, a little girl named Kaya and how she grows up. And the second part is about her later life, um, her falling in love and um, various, I'll get to that in a second. So her early life, and th- these are kind of like interleaved with each other. So you'll get a chapter of early life, get a chapter of later life and so on and so forth. Her early life is bad. She is abandoned by her parents. She has to learn to survive in the marsh. Um, she kind of grows to be connected to and love and understand the natural world around her. Um, she gets really invested in collecting specimens, natural specimens, and she teaches herself to draw them, to paint them, to describe them. Um, she falls in love and then her, her, her man deserts her. So the first, the first half is, or the first half of her life is kind of this more meditative, like, now it's not really a survival story, but it's a, it's a, it's a growth story. It's almost what we might call a building's romance. And then. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I love those. They're good. They're good, aren't they? The second half of her life, um, she has this relationship 
with a star high school quarterback and then he dies and she gets questioned in the in the in the the investigation and she's accused of murdering him. Is that a spoiler, him. Ian? No. No, this happens like that part of it happens pretty quick. Because I remember what I said. Okay. Well, pretty quick in the second half. No, no, I said they're interleaved. So like you get one chapter, this okay, one. Yeah, so okay, pretty, okay. Pretty okay. quick. Pretty quick the story tells you, okay, Kaya, who you're gradually learning to know over the course of these early life segments, she is a person of interest in this murder investigation. And I'm not going to spoil how it culminates, but it is pretty dramatic. It is, it's a great, it's a great like kind of. Uh, shootout. There's a shootout. She shoots somebody. <laughs> In the in the murder storyline, um, she is very she's she's an outcast in her community, and the early life segments tell us why. It gives us a sense of like it gives us background as to kind of how she got to that outcast position and whether or not she is this caricatured like Marsh girl. So uh, she she tries to go early in her early life. She tries to go to school, but like predictably, it doesn't work. You know, they're super mean, and she's she's off in the marsh, far away from everyone, and of course she doesn't fit in. Um, people talk about her. They point at her behind her back. Um, people are scared of her. Like, oh, she's a crazy, she's wild. So a lot of this book is developing, following her development, not just as a person, but also she's like really undereducated. Um, she hides from the truancy officers. She like resists school. And by the end of the book, she is writing books and winning awards and making a lot of money from the books that she's writing. Boy, I bet she had to learn a lot of skills to get to that point. You think? Yeah. So, so the skills that she learns, <laughs> did she? She learns. Yeah. Oh, she learns. She learns a lot. Were and, they new skills? They were, yes. What a shock. So, I'll be completely honest with you guys. I've wanted to bring this book to the podcast for a long time, and I've been kind of conniving, scheming <laughs> so much so that he's just shoehorned it into whatever theme came along. But I think this works. We this works it. really well because. Because I think the question that we ask, one of the questions we ask with learning is, you know, how, how does that happen? Can you learn on your own or do you need someone to teach you? Basically, can learning happen organically, naturally, like by yourself in nature? Can you turn into a well-rounded human being by yourself? Or do you have to be socialized? Do you have to have books like Atomic Explosions and How to Crush Them or whatever Joe's book is? Like, do you need to be in this milieu of learning, of school, of formalized education, or can you kind of be self-taught? Can you, can you just go on YouTube? Yeah. Well, yeah, honestly, <laughs> like, do you need a PhD yeah. in Shakespeare or can you just go on YouTube, watch a bunch of YouTube videos and teach Shakespeare? And I think the answer is less clear than I would like. You have to learn a big part of this book is, and if we're, if we're drawing crass, like, applications to Nick's life. Uh, one of the lessons is you have to learn things the hard way. If you're not being, even if you are being sat down and taught them, you have to learn the hard way. So she learns how to interact with people after a life of being hurt. Her father is, um, he's drunk and he's abusive. Her mother deserts her. Her siblings desert her. Her first love deserts her. Her second love lies to her and then takes advantage of her and then tries to assault her. And she's like, she's like having to, how do I live in the world? How do I talk to people? Who can I trust? And she learns through the school of hard knocks, through pain, every skill she gets, she has to learn on her own. I'm just going to go ahead and mentally accept that this book has almost nothing to do with learning a new skill. <laughs> 
And, Thank you. But, but I will internalize. Uh, uh, I will. I, I'm going to push that aside, and I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm excited to hear about this book because it's supposed to be good. I don't know if you guys heard this, but it's about on the New York uh, Times bestseller list for uh, quite a while. Uh, quite, uh, yeah, oh, I think weeks. over a year. Hundreds of weeks. Um, Millennia. Can I tell you guys about the background for the book because that might make you even more enthusiastic about it. I'm very enthusiastic about it, but I, if it's possible, Ian, I'd like to hear it. <laughs> uh, there is a movie coming out in 2022. Oh, really? Yeah. Who'd, who'd have thunk? Um, the best thing about this is this this novelist, Delia Owens, this is her first novel. She she had never written a novel before, and then this this she wrote this, and it's yeah. super it's super uh, 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 effective. No, Good. successful. It's super yeah. successful. That's, that's always awesome. Like when you hear that, there's some when you hear that, that's there's just something that like latches onto your brain about that. Like that's the dream. Yeah. Cause I think everybody's like, well, you know, I'm gonna write my novel someday. And it's obviously going to be a New York Times bestseller, just like Delia Owens. Right. Well, and the, the best thing is that to, to me is that she had a had uh, like a full career um before this. And she wrote books before this, but they were memoirs, and they they too were international bestsellers. But the work she was doing was zoology the study of zoos nick do you know as i was saying that i was like nick might not know what zoology is zoology is animal like it's animal studies and she was in africa oh the study, the study of she was in, like big dogs and mama toads yelling yelling about the size mama of jamas she was in africa protecting wildlife between the 1970s and 1990s writing these memoirs about nature and like publishing as a as a as a nature scientist as a zoologist and then she's sort of late in her life she turns to novels and she just she pivots um and it's super successful so it's not like it was this is the first book she's written um and i don't i want to be mm-hmm. clear like that's not that's not what um that's not that sort of overwhelming powerful narrative but i think it's really cool when somebody starts in like hard science and then pivots to the literary. Yeah, it's interesting. So what um, what did you like about this book and what what does this teach people about learning a new skill? So those are two of the toughest questions I'm going to ask great. you. Those are those are good questions. I think <laughs> I think what I, one of the things I really liked about Hardball yes, with Hardball with Nick Ardiris. Um I these are the answer is okay, kind of sorry. the same. I I did I do really, really love the writing. So I think this is a novel which can only have been written by a scientist, specifically a zoologist. She is so attentive and specific and clear in her talk about nature that it's obvious that she knows things about nature. And for a book about a young person having their eyes open to the beauty and majesty and mystery of the natural world, you really need, like it's not gonna be good enough to sort of do a quick Wikipedia search on popular birds in North Carolina and say, and then Kaya watched as a blue crested something flew over the tops of the trees. No, but she writes not in a dry or boring way. She writes lyrically. She writes beauty. It's nuanced. It's it's concrete, but it's it's um it's powerful. And um, the story is fine. The story is. Uh, entertaining but i think the real draw is how how carefully and lyrically this is written it recounts it it tells the story of uh, a young woman's growth and development learning learning new skills um not just skills of 
like how to paint a heron, but how to interact with people, how to protect herself, how to take care of the people that matter to her, how to form social connections, um, and ultimately how to um, how to how to survive in a variety of ways. So, this is a book about about her learning new skills. She does this by paying attention. So this is the, the 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 skill that I could generalize. She sits quietly and she looks around her. She gets to know her surroundings. She understands where she's at. She understands the situation she finds herself in and she tailors her response to the world to where she's at. Um, Aldo Leopold wrote San County Almanac, which I brought to the show many, many episodes ago. And he's got this really, Long really beautiful description of what it feels like to go and sit outside as the sun rises and to listen to the birds wake up. And he's, he emphasizes, you just sit there, you have your coffee, you sit outside and you hear the birds. You like first this bird wakes up, then that bird wakes up. And this is Kaya's life. Kaya lives in nature and she, she, she's aware of her place in nature. She's part of this ecosystem. She's part of this biosphere. And so that's how she lives her life as part of the natural world. And, and she is more a part of that sort of social setting than of a, a human society. And this is because she pays attention. Uh, she listens. She watches. She learns to be a successful person. Like she is a human and she does, she interacts with people. She falls in love and, but her true, like her true home is out in the marsh, out in the swamp, out where the crawdads sing and where it's quiet enough for her to hear them. <clears throat> Sounds like a ripoff of Shrek. Yes, it does, Joe. That's that's the uh, Ian. I'm going to let you respond to that <laughs> gripping literary living, analysis we pay you for. <laughs> living in the swamp, the, the parallels are astounding, etc. Et Not fitting in with humanity. You know what? I'm tired of these cupcake interviews. These softball questions to Delia Owens. Someone needs to ask her the hard questions. Well, plus there's that really loud donkey character. Oh, yeah, I didn't mention that. <laughs> Is there a talking um, yeah, donkey? Yeah, so Eddie Murphy book? gets turned into a donkey in my book, and he's uh, magically dropped oh, into the swamp. God. That's crazy. Guys, you know what's happening tomorrow? You, you, have, your, you have your countdown clock set, right? And by tomorrow, I mean, of course, right. October 5th. Yes. Tomorrow right. is October 5th right. for anybody listening to this. Yeah. So tomorrow is tomorrow is the announcement for the uh, finalists for the National Book Awards, which are um, a big deal. I would say I'm not super, super up on my like award hierarchies. I think Nobel is top. Like Nobel Prize is top, top. Gotta be. But then like Pulitzer is good. Yeah. National Book is like, I think right up there. Either either equal to I think it's like those three. Like if you ask me what award I want most, it's for the Butler like book. The Nobel, obviously, right? For the Butler book, right? For too many butlers, too many two butlers. Number two, like if we can't get the Nobel, um, <laughs> if that we'll get, doesn't we'll work get the out. lifetime sometime. <laughs> um, yeah, but if we can't get the Nobel, it's the Pulitzer. And if we can't get either of those, I mean, it's the National Book Award. And if we can't get any of those, then I don't want any awards, frankly. Uh, the audience will speak for our. I book. would like the Teen Choice Awards for books <laughs> with the Moon Man. I think teens should pick everything. It would make life much more chaotic and wonderful. Let's bring National Book Award winners from previous years. I'm going to bring a book, which is a memoir about a about a building. It is called The Yellow House: A Memoir, 
It won the National Book Award uh, in the category of nonfiction in 2019. And I haven't read it yet, full disclosure, but it's going to be incredible because it's about New Orleans and shotgun shacks and city planning and stuff. So I'm super excited. Sounds sounds riveting. I'm going to be bringing a book by George Packer called The Unwinding, subtitle, An Inner History of the New America. George Packer, of course, longtime New Yorker writer. I don't have to tell the litheads that. And this is, comes to you in a series of vignettes about, um, about people living in America and I think presumably how it's getting worse. So I'm looking forward to that upper of a week. Um, the Unwinded, a history of the new America. Happy National Book Month, Blitheads. Hey guys, happy, happy National, National Book, Book Month. Month. I'm excited. Me too. Me three. This is, this is why I like the two book situation because we're going to have a range on this yeah. episode. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the two books talk to each other better than other times and i think we are about to hear about a very different i, I think our t- i think our task <laughs> is to find the connections joe so i don't know about you but i'm going to be looking i'm going to be looking for those connections because i came to this episode apparently unlike the two of you with a sense of wonder a sense of openness and a willingness to find the connections yeah. uh well nick do you know how ian brought like this buildings your roman buildings roman Yes, I love them. Thank you, Ian. And then the rest is history. <laughs> Said Nick, will love this. That's how he picks his theme, his books every week. Buildings Roman. Search by Buildings Roman filter. Uh, well, Nick, this week I brought a book that is going to teach you how to build your own Roman. Um, you, Nick, are the hero in your own life, and you're just you're just getting there. Like you're just developing. You're getting better all the time, buddy. I'm trying. Yeah. So. I brought the book this week, Atomic Habits by James Clear. It sold like 5 million copies. It's been on the New York Times bestseller for a while, uh, like on the business list. I know that's a little bit different. Um, but, but here's the premise behind it. Your life is not changed by large moments, Nick. Instead, it is changed incrementally, bit by bit, every single day. Therefore, what you do every single day really, really matters. So uh, I like this a lot, Joe, because mm-hmm. it aligns with my worldview <laughs> <laughs> and it's really confirming some biases. So I'm please great. continue. Oh, well, I'm not just, just <laughs> listen. <laughs> so James Clear, I, I know him from the internet. He's one of these guys that I'm not sure what he does besides it's like he writes a really popular newsletter with a million subscribers and he like publishes books. Um, but he's like a, a guru, I guess you'd call him maybe a productivity guru. Uh, but he's one of these guys that writes about how you can get your life together. And that can be how you can get your business life together or your fitness life together or your love life together. But like, Hey, this is how to make your life better. I'm trying to think of if there's something I want to get better at that I could tell you about, and then you could give me advice based on the advice that you got about getting advice. I, I would, I would love to do that. That sounds like very simple. It sounds very like straightforward and accessible. Mm-hmm. I want to be better at plumbing. Okay, uh, it's a goddamn what? disaster at our house. So, so wait, you want plumbing to become sort of habit in your life? Like you just want to wake up every day and after you blush your teeth, just do some plumbing. <laughs> Is that uh, so your book specifically uh, hones in on habits? What less. are the five? What, what is the what is the five secrets for having an effective lifestyle? One. <laughs> 
plumb for five minutes every morning. <laughs> plumb for five minutes every morning. Brush your teeth, floss your teeth, plumb a sink. <laughs> Chapter four. Chapter four, drains. Chapter five, wrenches. <laughs> yeah, so so this book is, if, if you wanted to tell James Clear that you wanted to learn about plumbing, James Clear would tell you to go watch a YouTube video. If you wanted to tell James <laughs> Clear, rude. hey, I'm joining this plumbing apprenticeship. I know nothing about plumbing. How do I get better at it? Like, how do I go from zero to hero in the world of plumbing? <laughs> now, yeah. James Clear is your guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm I'm ready. So yeah. what, what what's going on here, Joe? Tell me all about it. So, Nick, some books are enjoyable to read. Like Where the Crawdads Sing sounds like a book that you can uh -oh. like sit down with. You can like make a cup of tea, and you can really luxuriate in the language. Okay. This book is a straight up how to book, right? Like you won't mm. know if this book works until a little bit down the road. Like you'll know if this is a good book when your life is different a year from now or six months from now or whatever it is. And what it is, is it's a book that's full of like, there's a lot of like psychology of habits in it. Um, you know, like goes into some research about habits and like, you know, talks about how every habit basically boils down to the cue, like the thing that we see or, or the thing that happens, the craving, what it makes us want, the response to it, and then the reward that we get for it. And that's both good habits and bad habits. Uh, so he talks about the psychology, but a lot of it is full of like tips and tricks and anecdotes um, and like how to incorporate these habits that you want, whether that be, I want to get fit and I want to go to the gym every day, or I want to rise to the top of my plumbing class and graduate um, summa cum plumber. Yep. Summa cum plumber. Summa cum plumber. So Joe, is it, is it like systemic stuff? Like you can learn anything if you do it for six hours every day, or every time you think about the thing, put a dollar in the jar and then you'll have $500 to spend on the casino. Like what, what, what do you do? What is, what is Mr. Clear telling us to go clearly do? What are the secrets, Joe? Yeah. Okay. These are the secrets. Every habit comes down to this, Nick. Get a, so say you want to do something in your life. Yep. Plumbing. Number one, whatever that desirable habit is, plumbing. Plumbing. Make it, it's plumbing. Make it obvious, right? <laughs> make it obvious. So I want if you to wanna... be a plumber. <laughs> so Hello Nick, world. It's me, Nick. Give me those tubes. Give me, Give me copper fittings. All right. So I have the tubes, Give me Joe. soldering iron. You Joe, got... the tubes are in my hand. All right, Nick, if you want to get better at soldering, you leave that soldering gun right next to your toothbrush, right? Like, like make it obvious. Like, Wait, leave so the you, copper pipes so you out. you solder leave, your teeth by accident or what? Well, you have to be careful of the fillings, right? But yes, like, number one, make it obvious, right? Whatever that thing is, whether it be, you know, the soldering gun next to okay. the copper fittings or whether it be like... Do I make it obvious to the world? Is this an outward thing or is this... Um, yeah, is it like... No. Is it like I've got I've to be accountable so everyone knows? So I'm posting on Instagram a whole bunch about like me, here's my plumber's crack and look, I'm working <laughs> on this plumbing. Hey, that's enough with your negativity, Ian. I can sense it in your tone. This is absolutely I want to be positive. a plumber and I don't care who knows it. <laughs> you make it obvious, Nick, only to yourself, right? Ah, so if you okay. need to practice your soldering I'm every my single day, <laughs> he, he, is, he is typing a post. If you want to like practice your soldering every single day, you yep. have to like see your solder gun every single day. You have to like have the pipes out every okay. single day, right? Mm. No, makes sense. Number, um, can I offer a counterpoint already to this? Uh, mm -hmm. Not really, but sure. 
Um, as a teacher, Joe, and, and you probably, Joe, you probably track on this too, because mm. you're a teacher as well. Right. Uh, I am called on at times to grade my students' papers. And, uh, oh boy, they sure are obvious to me. Um, but somehow the obviousness of them, the fact that they're staring me in the face every time I log into the portal, it makes it worse. Oh. I look at them and I say, I'm not going to do that thing. I hate grading papers. Sorry. But you're not trying to get better at grading papers. Well... Number two, uh-huh. make it attractive, right? Ooh. Ian, when anytime we look at like a huge stack of essays, like this big stack of essays to grade, we don't want to do that. Like I want right. to watch, I want to watch Netflix, right? Like <laughs> I want to play Zelda Breath of the Wild. I know you love Zelda Breath of the Wild, Ian. Um, like, like huge I want the chickens. Yeah. Um, like number two, make it attractive to do. So maybe. You can give yourself a little reward with every paper that you grade. Okay, that makes sense. So I see the objects, mm-hmm. uh, and every time I use them, I get a cookie. Yep, you get a cookie. Number then, three, Nick. Yep, you make it easy. Hmm. You make you oh. make it easy, right? So if you really want to practice your soldering, but your soldering shop is all the way across town, and the only time that you can do it is during rush hour, like you're never going to do it. Like eventually you're just going to stop practicing your soldering. But if you have a soldering station in your garage, right? In my bathroom. Yeah, in your bathroom (laughs) and you got a TV in your bathroom playing like your YouTube greatest hits playlist, right? Like now it's attractive, it's obvious, it's easy, and you can practice soldering to your heart's content. Just keep going. Yep. Number four is make it satisfying, right? Uh, um, Make it it satisfying to do. That can be that little reward that you get. That can be... um, that can, that can be, well, it can, it can be an awful lot of things. Hey, Joe, I respect, I respect you and I appreciate you a lot, but this book sounds like a lot of the advice is, hey, chuckleheads, is there a thing you want to do? I got three easy steps for you. First of all, get ready to, ready to do it. Mm-hmm. Then prepare yourself to do it. And last, <laughs> go ahead and do it. Okay, wow, so what? look, you've done it. It does feel like it's lacking a little substance there, Joe. Yeah. Do you would you want to do you want to uh, beef this up a little bit? Absolutely. Okay. So I've read a lot of books like this in my life. Like a lot of these like I don't know, like pop psychology, like, you know, business bestseller, We've like noticed. the type of books that you would buy at airports, right? And that's what this book kind of is. It's the book that you would buy at an airport, Ooh, right? Good theme. <laughs> not not yeah. about I'm writing that down. <laughs> but one of the, th- the biggest problem with those books all the time is I always feel like if you read those books, what is useful in them could be written on a three by five index card, right? Like those books could be summarized to like a single card catalog card. Or, you know, as you see, it said sometimes that this book could have been a blog post or this book could have been an email, right? right? right. That sort of thing. When I read this book, I've known about it for a while. It's been on my to read book, you know, list for a while. And I, kept waiting for that to happen. Like I kept waiting to be like, oh, well, it's going to get repetitive. It's going to get redundant at one point, you know, at some point. But I was really pleasantly surprised how like each new chapter brought things that were genuinely new and useful. Um, Can I give you a couple examples? Yeah, I would love that. I wish you would. Okay. So one of the things that James Clear talks about is, is something called habit stacking. And what he says is, 
If you look at your life right now, you've got a whole bunch of habits and a bunch of them are really good. You know, you wake up, you brush your teeth, you shower, right? Like, like you eat maybe a healthy breakfast, but then a bunch of them are really bad. Like you have habits in your life that are good and habits in your life are bad. He says, one of the things you can do, like say you want to do 10 pushups every day, right? Like you're working on your, on your chest, Nick, right? Yep. Say you want to do 10 pushups. So I can be a better plumber. So you can be a stronger plumber. Yep. One of the things you can do is you can stack your habits. And what you do is you choose something that you already do every day, right? Brush your teeth. And you say every oh, single you day. To brush your teeth every day? Every twice, Ian, twice a day. Ian, you've oh. learned a new skill. <laughs> I, you know what? Well, I haven't learned how to brush my teeth every day, but I have learned that apparently Joe wants me to. So <laughs> right. that's the start. Basically Does James, James Clear want me to brush my teeth every day? Yes, he would prefer that you flossed as well. But that's, but oh. if you don't floss right now, you can stack that habit, right? Just stack that right on top of brushing your teeth. It's right there. So what's so do that? I like stack the floss on the toothbrush or what? That would help. You could make it obvious. You could yeah. leave the floss out on the kitchen counter. Well, probably not the kitchen, probably the bathroom counter. So the, uh, the stacking of um, uh, habits now, is this to be done all at the same time or just back to back? Back to back. So every okay. day that I brush my teeth, as soon as I'm finished, I'm going to drop to the floor and do 10 pushups, right? I like that a lot. Yep, absolutely. I brush my teeth. Boom. I have a cue. I'm already doing something good for myself. I'm going to crank out 10 pushups right here. And I'm going to do that every single day, every single night. And that's like, and, and before you know it, like it's rewarding. It's easy. It's it, the day's over and your chest is just a little bit bigger. How stacked uh, are you making your day fully? Is this a fully stacked day? Is this just about like building out a, a routine basically? Like, like pro- it's like programming yourself. It's like saying this, this cues that, which cues that, which cues that. And before long, you're a robot. No, yeah. Yes, precisely. <laughs> yeah, it really is though. It's, it is like an, if this, then that. Why are you saying this program. so excitedly, Joe? Yeah. That's, that's what if amazing. I want to luxuriously eat grapes, um, <laughs> fed to me by some sort of. By a stork. Okay. Stork. What? Yes. <laughs> Nick, say you want to eat more grapes in your life. Well, this is going to sound stupid, but. You got to program keep, that. Do you keep grapes in your house? Right? Are there grapes in your house? Are they washed? Are they out on your counter and available for you like every single day? Or are they like tucked away back in the bri- back in the fridge? Um, do you have to run to the grocery store and buy grapes? Or do you just put grapes in your weekly grocery order no matter what? Right? Because if you have delicious washed grapes on your counter all the time, you're going to eat more grapes. You're going to eat a bunch more. I don't grapes. think we can introduce the new analogy here. Let's stick to plumbing. <laughs> I really hate the plumbing one so much. Well, it's not a habit. <laughs> that's my dream, Joe. And I wouldn't, you know, poo poo on your dreams. Uh, so, though, Nick, you're hoping that eventually people will be poo pooing through your dreams of being a. Yeah, yeah. I, that's good. Um, okay, so stacking. What else? Awesome. Number two. Well, and and I say number two. James Clear doesn't put these in any order, but they're different chapters and yeah, things. It's Joe's uh, mix. Yeah, this is my mix. It's my mixtape. Bundle your temptations. So say you really like a trashy Netflix show and you really shouldn't watch it because you should be doing more productive things. Well, you could watch that trashy Netflix show on the treadmill. Right. You could watch that trashy Netflix show while you were rowing. Right. Like you bundle Mm -hmm. things that you don't necessarily want to do, but should do with things that you shouldn't do, but really want to do. I think that makes sense. I like that, too. Got another one coming at you, Nick. This one's called a two minute habit. And I, I liked this one a lot. 
as you know, a lot, Ian and I read a lot of books. <laughs> yeah. Well, but here's the thing. This is what you might not know. I really like to read. Ian, I think, really likes to read. But sometimes like other stuff seems better. Like sometimes like scrolling Instagram is more fun than reading. So one of the things James Clear talks about is what he calls a two-minute habit. And he says, look, if you look and you say, I have to read this entire book, right? You're not going to want to do it. But if you commit to reading a page of that book, right? I'm not going to read this book. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to read a page. It's something I can do in two minutes. Well, once you're reading it, it's easy to keep reading it. Like the barrier to entry is low. You just are committing to a page. If you want to hang around and read more, you certainly can. If you don't, well, you can put it down and scroll Instagram. Two-minute habits. I have a question for you, Joe. These I'm are ready. obviously just a list of obvious nonsense. Um, <laughs> can I ask you- You, you mean some- life-changing atomic habits, but yes, go ahead. Yeah, I'd like to- What's the outcome here? And and I will have- What, what is- I will have learned a new skill. Yeah. No. Okay. This is uh, this is good. I think it's I've learned a new skill. I've done a new thing. Okay. My life my life has changed in a way that I am happy with. So, uh, for example, Nick, I I never I'm I'm 36 years old. I turned 36 years old this past year. Mm-hmm. I never set foot in a gym before I was 30 years old. Right? Like when I turned 30 years old, I kind of decided, look, if I want to stay like relatively healthy, I think physical <laughs> exercise needs to be a part yeah. of that. Fatty wants cake. Fatty wants cake. Here's the thing. Like going to gym, going to the gym was like a huge psychological kind of wall for me. Like I had this preconceived notion that like guys that went to the gym were douchebags, right? Yeah, this is what happens, just to be clear, this is what happens to everybody who uh, realizes they have a metabolism at the age of 30. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so I I really had to like, and and Nick, I, not a spoiler alert, right? But like, I've gone to the gym consistently. I've worked out between three and six times a week consistently for like six years at this point. And I'm not I'm not the fittest guy in the world, but I don't miss many workouts, right? And I look, I look pretty good in a V-neck t-shirt, right? Like, like we've, this has, like my life has changed. Strange segment of the show, but okay. (laughs) But like a part of my life has changed because I have made going to the gym a habit. But in order to do that, I had to do kind of a lot of things. And one of the things I had to do was make it like obvious and make it easy. So like as stupid as it sounds, One of the things I started to do every single night before I went to bed was I packed all of my school clothes into a gym bag and I laid out my gym clothes so that when I woke up in the morning and my alarm went off at 5, 5.30, whatever it was, I was able to just get up, roll out of bed, throw on my gym clothes, brush my teeth. And once your teeth are brushed and you're standing there in your gym clothes and it's, you know, 5.34 in the morning, well, now you better go to the gym because you're just standing in your gym clothes like a weirdo otherwise. Yeah. Joe. Yes. I, I need to clarify something. This is going to sound like I'm coming after, like I'm coming for your neck. I'm not coming for your neck. Mm-hmm. I might be coming for James Clear's neck, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the sexual attention. Is he, <laughs> is Clear recommend, is this like the way he says you optimize your life? That is, does he leave any space for spontaneity? <laughs> Humanity. Does he, well, does he leave any 
Well, kind of. Yeah. Like right. I used no. to, I used to, I uh, used to hike a lot. I used to love going on hikes and the best, some of the best hikes were not the ones that like you plan months in advance. The ones you're just like, dude, let's go up into the mountains today and like find a new waterfall. And we go, right. And we just go and we, we maybe we, when it's not the best planned, maybe we get it back after dark, but we go and we have this spontaneous, beautiful experience. And it just sounds like if he's saying, okay, if he's saying program to get the things you want, but leave room for spontaneity, fine. But if he's saying the best way to live your life is by building all of your habits into this like inexorable waterfall of cues, that sounds miserable. That sounds like prison. That sounds like you are imprisoning yourself. Yep. I'm, I'm going to pause you right there, Ian, because like, I because I don't the, think that's what he's saying. No, the premise of this book is very much like, we all have things in our lives that we are happy with and we all have things in our lives that we are unhappy with. What he talks about is addressing those areas of unhappiness, addressing those areas of, of, of growth, right? Like growth opportunities. Is those, that's my gross language, not his. Um, like addressing those growth opportunities with these habits, with these atomic habits, these tiny but powerful habits that like we can change one aspect of our lives. Yeah, that's right, Ian. Because I got a newsflash for you, Ian. Okay? Coming in hot. You got to put in the work, all right? Got to put in the you work. You got to put in the work. This this shit's not going to happen. Everyone wants to know, oh, how do I learn a new skill? How do I improve my life? How do I get better? Yeah, fucking put in the work. It's you just, not going to hey. magically happen by, by going on these spontaneous hikes, Ian. Yeah. You got to put in the work. Yeah. I mean, you just, I, you, I would you argue, just do it. I, I would argue that there are certain things that... He's that, speechless. That you, that you can't certain things you can't work your way to. Certain things that have to sort of happen naturally. Yeah. Sometimes that just takes time. Yeah. So I guess the, I only have one, I, I, just one more thing to say about this, and then I'm happy to take any questions or field criticisms. Um, <laughs> more. I, <laughs> I think there's a there's something that I think is true that I that really captures me when I think about it. When you look at your life day to day, it seems like nothing ever changes. Right. Like when I think back to yesterday or last week, like I'm doing more or less the same stuff that I've always done. Like I, I get up, I work out, I teach, I have dinner with my wife, I walk the dog, et cetera. But when you look back five years ago or 10 years ago, everything's totally different, right? Like, like everything is totally different from 10 years ago, right? Like you can see that change. You can see that growth. And I think one of the things James Clear you know, argues convincingly and provides a, a great framework for is, hey, 10 years from now, like you're going to be a different person than you are now. Your life is going to be different than you are now. You can decide what that person looks like today. Like, like right now, you can decide what that person looks like. And your only job right now then is to identify your weak points, the things that you are unhappy with, the places that you want to improve and put yourself on the right trajectory. Right, because it's the trajectory ultimately is the only that's the only thing that matters. And this sold five million copies. How many? How many copies? <laughs> this did sell five million copies, and I have looked it up. Um, where the crowd had saying has sold ten million <laughs> copies, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another tough one. Um. You know, on one hand, Ian just brought a, a book that he wanted to talk about. Um, and then on the other hand, 
Joe just seemed to rattle off a list of, uh, like a top 10 list of of actionable tips to improve your life. Like David Letterman of this particular episode. Oh, I should have put together a top 10 list. Ian, this is your first week in a new house. I just want you to feel like you're having a good week. So congratulations, Joe, you lose. Um, Congratulations, Ian. Congrats on the new house. Such an exciting time. Ian, also, I don't think you should go hiking after dark, Ian. I'm worried for you now. How close are you to the Tetons? Uh, yeah, you live in the desert. About ten hours from the Tetons, but about an hour from the Sierra, oh. Sierra Nevada. So, my God. So if you if you stay out overnight in Sierra Nevada and maybe like some inclement weather comes in, do you die? Like, does that happen there? Uh, I mean, you could if you <laughs> if you were really dumb about it. But do you right. die? <laughs> well, what about the coyotes? Uh, the, coyotes uh, the coyotes are not really a concern. The black bears are. What about the crawdads? Or the crawdads. I wish there were more crawdads. Um, what you're saying, Nick, is this win is my housewarming gift and I should not expect more. <laughs> sure, it's from both of us. It's from both of us. <laughs> it's from both of us. <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate you guys bearing with my... I, I think it's very related, but apparently you guys disagree. So I appreciate you bearing with that. And I I uh, hope you can learn the skill of being a zoologist. Uh, Lidheads, if you like the show and you want to support it, the number one way you can do that is by heading over to you don't know lit podcast.com and suggesting a theme, suggesting a book. Uh, one of the one of the joys of our week is reading books that we never would have because you all suggested it. Um, also, leave us a review, uh, five stars if you please, on the podcast player of your choice and tell a bookish friend. Uh, you are the people that make new lit heads and we, yeah, we make love lit heads. Make new lit heads. I just heard a wonderful story where a lit head was talking to a friend who is not a lit head. And the current lit head said, do you like books, don't you? And the not a lit head said, yes, I do. And the current lit head said, you should listen to this one. And I love this, it. The podcast or a new the book? Podcast. No, the, po- oh, the podcast. No, the podcast. And they're now a huge fan and are listening back through all 60, 100 episodes. So, there are so many episodes. There are so many episodes. episodes. Yeah, there are kind of a lot of episodes. I'm pretty proud. Like when I look at how many episodes we have, it's, hey, Atomic Habits. I started reading the book every week and talking to you two idiots. <laughs> Ooh, that's, now, that's a compelling argument, Joe. You should have made that so much earlier. <laughs> no, it's fine. I wanted to get Ian a gift. Uh, yes, yeah, congratulations, kind of Ian. I, I feel honored. Um, now give us a quote. Yeah, I will give you a quote. So one of the really cool things about this text um, it's made, I think made more so when you realize that the author is not, the, the author was not trained in literary writing. She was trained in zoology. Um, she writes poetry and the book intersperses poetry, not kind of like in a pretentious way. That's look at how beautiful this poetry is, but it's usually tied somehow to the thematic elements of the book. And there's a huge like dramatic reveal with the poetry. I'm not going to get into that because of spoilers, but uh, the the poetry is interspersed throughout the text. And our main character, Kaya, keeps returning to this poetry. The, the poetry is written by a character named Amanda Hamilton. Kaya keeps coming back to Hamilton's poetry at key points in her life. And she uses nature and she uses poetry to help her understand the world. So here's one of the poems that captures kind of a bit. This book has a, has a has a bit of an edge to it, a bit of a, a, a dark shade. And this is one of the poems that um, that Kaya returns to. Never underrate the heart, capable of deeds the mind cannot conceive. The heart dictates as well as feels. 
How else can you explain the path I have taken that you have taken the long way through this pass? <laughs>